0: Welcome to Biblical Tapestry Podcast Season 4, Episode 2, A Study in 1 Peter. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the Gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. Today we continue into 1 Peter, where Peter discusses the joy of suffering. Uh Uh-oh, what's that? Joy of suffering? Is that possible? And we will be focusing on verses six through twelve of First Peter, but we want to pick up in verse three for the sake of context here. First Peter 1: three, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, you believe in him, and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully inquiring that what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. All right, back to verse 6. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. Peter is telling us throughout this letter that believers need to praise God because of the hope of eternal life through Christ Jesus. We clearly have seen that in verses 3 through 5. But now in verse 6, the thought shifts slightly to the theme of joy and love that fills believers regardless of the circumstances. Why on earth would someone be joyful through suffering and grieved by trials that may be in our lives? Where would that come from? As we will see, Peter is telling them that this suffering is a pathway to godliness. Now let's develop that a little bit further. Verse 6 begins within this, but it could be understood for that reason which reaches back to verses 3 through 5, focusing on the future hope of believers, that imperishable inheritance, this incorruptible inheritance that awaits the readers of his letter. Paul tells the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, "...in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will." so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory in him you also when you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory Holy Spirit is this seal this inheritance it is a deposit it's a guarantee of a future with Christ well suffering is not a joyful thing suffering is painful or it wouldn't be described as suffering suffering is only valuable for the benefits it brings well you might wonder what is the benefit of suffering suffering does not persist forever this does not mean that suffering on earth will be brief in fact many people of suffering that lasts a lifetime however it is brief compared with a future glory notice that Peter says all kinds of trial as suffering comes in many many forms the interesting comment in this verse is if necessary I think it's important to understand that as this tells us that suffering what well, suffering is not in this case it is not the result of fate. It is not the result of nature. But is the will of God for believers. And that's not harsh. So how can that be? First Peter 4.19 says, Therefore let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. According to God's will is what Peter writes. What did Peter know about suffering? What does Paul know about suffering? In Acts chapter 14, 19, But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and entered the city, and on the next day he went on with Barnabas to Derbe. When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples... The return to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch strengthening the souls of the disciples encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations we may enter we must enter the kingdom of God Paul also writes in Romans chapter 5 verse 1 therefore since we have been justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And then James writes, Count it all joy, my brothers, James 1, verses 2-4, through 4, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing again this does not mean that suffering is enjoyable but it does mean that our joy our joy from the Lord is not dependent on our circumstances God is working out his plan even in our anguish let's look at the rest of this sentence in verse 7 so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of jesus christ why do we suffer why would that be in god's plan for us as thomas schreiner writes sufferings function as the crucible for faith trials and sufferings test the genuineness of our faith how can we know if a faith is authentic if it's never been tested If that faith passes the test, the believer will receive praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, at Christ's second coming. And much like refining gold, the fire of melted gold will separate from the dross or from the impurities, leaving the refined gold. Those who truly believe will be persistent in their faith. Life issues do not matter to the believer we can be hurt oh yes and for sure we can suffer but this refining fire proves and improves a mighty faith god also gives us the ability to endure because of his spirit his spirit enhances joy independent of our sufferings in philippians 3 7 paul writes but whatever gain i had I count as accounted as loss for the sake of christ I may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So these earthly, temporal things are rubbish to Paul. They will pass away. They will not endure. God will reward all those whose faith has passed the test, who have been transformed by God's grace. Yes, in this life we may suffer. But God brings suffering to the lives of believers to purify their faith and prove the genuineness of that faith. Verse 8 says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Here's the hope for believers spelled out, and that is the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is his appearing at a second coming. Christ will obviously be seen by all then. Although no one has seen Christ now, those who believe and have Christ in their heart rejoice all the same. Christ's love for us is manifested in joy and love for God because of what he has accomplished for us in the salvation of our souls. The sufferings of God's people have not made them miserable, they have not made them morose, but joyful because of the inheritance that we have been given. Without seeing we still believe, because believing is not based on seeing. John twenty nineteen uh, Jesus says to the disciples, eight days later his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. is just a taste of heaven Peter is bolstering those who in troubles still have lives that are characterized by a hope that fills their lives with love and joy and finish the sentence from verse 8 verse 9 says obtaining the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls so this continuing sentence is handled well in the ESV Christians have love and joy because of the future prospect of of the salvation of their souls. Again, salvation is a past reality. It is a present reality. And it is also a future reality. Christ provided for it. We can experience a joy of salvation now through the gift of forgiveness, peace, and the indwelling spirit of God within us. But there is a future where we will experience salvation fully at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We can experience love and joy today because of that hope of salvation. Verse 10 says, Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. This salvation we can enjoy today was also prophesied in the past believers today represent the fulfillment of that prophecy we live today in great privilege when the history of salvation is being fulfilled these old testament prophets searched and wondered when this was to come about what was predicted by the prophets was intended for us and when we studied in daniel season two in our podcast daniel 12 8 through 10 says i heard but it did not understand. Then I said, O oh my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? He said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined. But the wicked shall act wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand. But those who are wise shall understand. In Luke chapter twenty-four, forty-four, Christ says this, Then he said to them, You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Christ said the prophets had said he was going to come and suffer and die for salvation for mankind. Verse 11 says, Inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. The Spirit of Christ was working in these Old Testament prophets to accurately detail God's salvation to come. And in turn, they could only guess what the timing would be and hope for soon. But at just the right time, Christ came to save mankind. Romans 5, 6 says, While we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one must scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one might dare even to die. through whom we have now received reconciliation. Then verse 12 says, It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you, in the things that have now been announced to you, through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit, sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Well, as in Daniel, many of the Old Testament prophets were given the message of the coming Messiah, but God revealed to them it was not being fulfilled in their time. So they were serving those that would come after Christ's resurrection. Peter's audience was benefiting and blessed having heard the gospel message that had been fulfilled in Christ, same as we are today. Matthew 13:16 says, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, It did not see it, and do hear what you hear, and did not hear it. But these recipients heard the powerful message, the powerful message of salvation, the message of Christ Jesus. Because of that, they, as well as we today, are incredibly blessed. Thomas Schreiner writes, Angels reflect with delight on God's saving actions. Angels cannot experience the gospel in the same way as humans because they are not recipients of redemption. And here is the beautiful truth. We today as Peter's readers can experience salvation. How about you? Do you know Christ? Maybe today is the day you invite him into your life. John 3.16 states again, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life and i hope that's the case for you next week we continue into first peter looking at called to be holy god bless you today and i encourage you to spend time in god's word biblical tapestry is available on facebook and instagram and i encourage you to please like and share this podcast if you've gained anything from this study god bless you and i pray that you are well